Hey, I'm Tori. I'm Justin. And I'm Ryan. Have you always wanted to explore the world of sports, but haven't found an accessible barrier of entry? Or maybe you're just a sports expert who wants to laugh about who won, who lost, and who makes way too much money. Or maybe you just want to understand Ted Lasso better. Regardless of your relationship with sports, Good Game is there to break it down for you. It's a podcast about sports for rookies, veterans, and everyone in between. Whatever is happening in sports, Justin, Tori, and I will be there to talk through it all. With jokes, hot takes, and sometimes literal tears. So check out Good Game, a Trident Network podcast, wherever you listen to podcasts. Oh my God, hi. Welcome to Disney Adult, the podcast where Chicago comedians review Disney properties from the perspective of adults. Let's take our asses to space. Enter Guardians of the Galaxy, where Marvel meets Star Trek. I am joined by Chicago comedians Michael Brackney and Nick Davis, and we have a good old time here. In this MCU installment, we follow lovable kidnap victim turned intergalactic space pirate as he takes on a universal threat with his band of adorable space freaks. Without further ado, here we go. Hello, gentlemen. Hello. Hello. Official start to podcast. Thank you both so much for being here. Um, uh, we are discussing guardians of the galaxy um nick i'm gonna start with you the first thing we like to tackle is are you a fan of the mcu what's your like general exposure and feelings about the mcu be as honest as possible please yes uh i am a big comic book nerd boy i love okay uh, i love the comics i love the crazy zany characters um i uh they're they're crazy adventures yeah they're crazy crazy powers i like them um i i was like a big uh i read a lot of comic books when i was a kid i actually collected them uh well i collected as much as i could because i had like a little bit of an allowance like but not much so what we do we'd go to walmart and yeah. while my parents were like shopping, uh, me and my brother would just like post up in the section with the comic books and just read them all. So that was like LimeWire for comics before LimeWire. We just like <laughs> sat, sat in the aisle nice. of Walmart and read as many as we could. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. So I've still got like some, I've still got some of them. And uh, so I'm a big time. I love comics. Okay. Were you a DC or a, um, a Marvel person or did you just love them all? Oh, Marvel. Um, yeah. yeah. I, I, I would read Hell Batman. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my, I mean, like, you know, this podcast being about a Marvel movie, notwithstanding, but like genuinely, yes, Marvel. Like, I uh, yeah. I don't know. I, 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 this would, a lot of people would kill me over this. Uh, Superman kind of bored me. It's like the dude. Superman has- is a narc. He sucks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's like the <laughs> pinnacle of like virgin energy. You know yeah. what I mean? Mm. Not even virgin, the energy of like aggressive. Ugh. But yeah. We yeah, it seems like it wouldn't be a lot of fun to be around. You know. Also, it's like he he can do anything. Like, what's the challenge? Yeah, that that that's what drove me crazy. That's why I like like the X Men and Spider Man and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, and I did like Batman. That was DC's thing. And uh, I like I like people with vulnerabilities. Hell you know, yeah. like I like that. Yeah, it's not it's hard to be invested when you're like, well, Superman can like literally run quick enough to stop the Earth from moving and and crazy shit like that. Yeah. And at that point, I'm like, well, whatever. I mean, it's going to happen. It's like a comet hitting the earth. I'm like, I can't get too 
I guess they're just gonna let it happen. What we can't really do anything about. You know what I mean? <laughs> it would suck, you know. <laughs> yeah. It, but I mean, I guess I'll... I would go outside and look at it. I guess I don't know. Yeah, I've always sure. I've thought about that thought. It's like <laughs> if I found out a comet was coming, what would I do? I guess like I just go stand and look at it. I guess, and then uh, I can't believe you're saying that. I have also thought about this, and I thought I am just gonna smoke a huge joint and then lay in my bed and wait to die. I know yeah. that sounds so morbid. But that's what I would do. No, I don't want to see it coming. I don't want to know when it's coming. I'm going to blast music. I just want to be so taken by surprise. I completely agree with that. I was <laughs> mentioned. I would definitely imbibe in some substances uh, as soon as I saw it, <laughs> and just like let it happen. You know, there's nothing you can do. So I'm, yeah. I'm with you on that 100. percent All right, all right, Brock. How about you? Oh man, can we get first off? I gotta see that comment when it hits me. I like can't the, the <laughs> anticipation of just sitting there and being like, when is it gonna happen? Simply cannot do that. I gotta yeah. I don't like surprises, don't like all that stuff. So no, thank you. Um but yeah, I mean I would be totally down to like enjoy some substances and, and yeah. like then watch it. I think that would be pretty cool. Um but as far as the MCU goes, uh, <laughs> For for me, um, I wouldn't say that I've always been a comic book nerd, but like for some reason, I've always had this like value associated with first editions, and I never was like a big like reader per se. But like whenever I was in the grocery store, I would love like just thumbing through comic books, and I was like, oh, the art's so cool! Like, look how cool these yeah. people with these superpowers are. And then I would always ask, like, if it said, like, first edition, I'd be like, okay, I need to grab this. And by the time I'm, like, 22, I'm going to be rich. I'll sell this comic book. And, <laughs> yeah. like, all this art will be so valuable. Um, so, like, I was never really in it for the actual storytelling of what was going on. It was more the art and, like, hopefully. The financial investment, rich. really. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Trying to get rich. Um, exactly. <laughs> um, but then, like, my girlfriend is uh, really into the MC universe. And so we've been watching a lot of it. And I would say like the storytelling and everything there is just so captivating. And I really enjoy all the stories that at least, you know, since almost from, I would say like the first Iron Man, it's just been like, yeah. everything's been so good. And I like have gotten into it in that way. Oh, it's so we've talked to many, many people. There are people who come from like a comic book background. And then there are people who the MCU has this true, I mean, I guess they all do. I mean, it's the nature of, maybe adapting something but because the mcu is so good and so successful there are full like uh fan bases that only know the mcu like just truly don't um i mean because if you weren't into comic books before there's they do it so well it's like really no need to get into them you're just like i want to wait to see what they're going to tell me and then also i used to i i grew up really poor and really in a rural part of pennsylvania so I could, I loved comic books and I would read whatever I could get my hands on, but it was like an access thing. I just didn't have enough. Mm, and yeah. now that it's so easy, like if you wanted to, you could go on apps and stuff and get them. I almost don't want to read anymore because I'm like, what if it's better in the comic than it is in the movie and then I know it? Yeah. Or what if I, I could just continue to enjoy the MCU and then just like, let them tell me what the origins of all these people are and have nothing to compare it to. 
Um, Because that seems to be the the typical thing that happens, especially if you're reading a book, right? Like the Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings, all these things that you're you're like, oh, my imagination kind of takes over and maybe is manipulating it in a way that's like making it more enjoyable for me. And now I'm seeing it through the lens of this director or this, you know, production company or whatever, where it's like, oh, shit. And as somebody who did take a college course in Harry Potter, when I say my... Wait, wait, wait. I did too. And then... Let's go. You first. You first. We we will get into this movie, I swear. But um, uh, (laughs) what was your course called? Mine was course... Mine was called Introduction to like uh, an English author. It was like English lit author or something. The premise of the course was that the professor could choose one English author and go through their entire works how about you what was your course um so it was a humanities class as well it was actually i think it was my freshman year so i'm like going through all these change changes right now and it actually was like this specific engineering elective class and it was like harry potter and the concept of an individual being and so we had to read all of the harry potter books and it was just like what makes you you and like what like how these um, relationships form who you are. And it's like kind of discover a self-discovery while you're reading these books. And it was very, very cool. Like literally we would just sit in class and this professor, he was so cool. He's just sitting on his desk, you know, he's like literally leaning over and he's like, so let's just talk this through. We got to have the first book done. Most of you guys have probably read it. Like, what does it mean for you to be chosen for this house? And so we would just like all class. It was just an open discussion and it was so cool. Fuck. It was in comparison. So dumb. We (laughs) sorted in our houses by like some quiz we took online. Oh man. We had a, we had like a paper where we like wrote it down and it was like, why? And it was like all of these breakdowns and it was very subjective of course. Right. Um, But like, I think everybody got an A in that class. I don't know. Like, it was just so intriguing. I'd never had a class like that where we just chatted the whole time. It was so cool. I didn't have cool classes like that. I'm like jealous. I took aerobics and judo, I think. Well, I also took. pretty cool. I took judo as well. I took judo for six years or something. Oh, Uh, wow. See, y'all even had judo. See, I just. My college son. Oh, mine was in high school, and it was at the YMCA. It was a very different. (laughs) I I took martial arts for nine years, and judo was the longest stretch. It was like probably six of those years, and it was I was, uh, you know what? We don't have time. It was not a great time. But (laughs) let's jump into this movie. Let's jump into the plot because this, as somebody who's been watching all of these movies back to back to back, I will say like Captain America: Winter Soldier is the one that comes in order before this. And mm. I, these are where I really started to be like, oh, they're getting very good. They went from being like good movies that you can put on and really enjoy to being like literally crying for every single character at a different point in the movie. Yes. Um, I'm yes. going to read the plot off of Wikipedia. So if anything is, is I say this all the time, if anything's wrong or it's not my fault, and you guys feel free to jump in and <laughs> interrupt me because I, I can monopolize the conversation. In 1988, following his mother's death, a young Peter Quill is abducted from Earth by a group of alien thieves and smugglers called the Ravagers, led by Yondu. 26 years later, on an abandoned planet Morog, Quill steals a mysterious orb but is attacked by forces of the fanatical Kree renegade Ronan. Ronan the Accuser is his full name. 
led by Korath. I guess Korath is the guy who, like, finds Peter Quill. Um, yeah. Although Quill escapes with the orb, Yondu discovers his theft and issues a bounty for his capture, while Ronan sends the, assist, or the assassin Gamora after the orb. And I would say that opening scene of this movie... I, there are two scenes that destroy me every time, and that's the scene from Up and then this one. Yeah, uh, I would put it on par with the scene from Up of like just tears just pouring down, like choking on your own tears. Like It, it is, is sad. Yes. That little kid actor is so good. He's yes. so good. The mom looks so sick. Like, yes. so sick. not even makeup sick. Just like, the, the it was, it's so sad. It's so real. All the people in the room are behaving how I would imagine people can behave in the, I was not ready for it. Cause most yeah. of these movies, first of all, every MCU movie starts with a flashback. I don't know what the deal is, but this flashback was not as jovial as the others. Like really? Captain America's flashback is like, they find an abandoned plane in the Arctic and then they never reference it for the rest of the film. So you're like, yeah. <laughs> whatever. That's the energy I went in. And then I'm immediately crying for this kid within yeah. minutes. And I feel like it sets you up for the rest of the film because then when it drags you down that far, like everything feels so wonderful. <laughs> you know, when you've been yes. through hell, like everything else is heaven. Like it's like when you go through that first scene and then everything else after that feels so much more uh, light in yeah. a way. You know, this, if this movie's heavy as hell, but I, I feel like that scene really like gets, it gets you down there so that when you meet them, when you start to meet these characters, like you are totally on their side already. Like you, you, you latch onto them like so quick. Yeah, yeah, it's so good. And I love the like the music that they pull you in with, like kind of this like retro mm -hmm. music and the like Walkman. And I was like, I kind of love them pulling me into this like the gift, which mm -hmm. you know, later on we find out. But um, spoiler, uh, but we <laughs> have like that, and then it, you know it leads into. Uh, Quill going and like listening to that headset and like just having a grand old time of thieving. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's done so well. I mean, everything from like him not wanting to touch his mother because it, it would be a scary thing for a kid. It would be a traumatizing thing for a kid to go through. And then yeah. the way that we, it's just so good. It was like, as I was watching and truth be told, I, I was two gummies deep, but as I was watching it, I was like, Oh, I was not, prepared for this i like put my game boy down i was like oh no we need this is not like the rest of them multitasking i was like yeah we can't we need to be awake uh when yeah, similar similar situation i had started last night uh was a, a little bit high myself and forgot <laughs> that that first scene was how it started so i had a very similar experience i was like maybe i'll wait till tomorrow yeah. uh so i like, waited because i that first scene was a lot Okay, now to set the scene for the rest of the movie, are you gentlemen criers when you watch a movie? Or are you just yes. like, oh, that's sad? Yes. Yes, I'm I cry. I'm such a crier. I cry at, I almost enjoy it. I'm like, oh, oh yeah. a reason to let it out. Yeah. <laughs> but like, and this movie gave me so many moments. So I cried for him one. That's going to be my cry counter. I've cried already once Ooh. during this movie. Yep. Um, when Quill attempts to sell the orb to Xandar, Ca uh, on Xandar, capital of the Nova Empire, Gamora ambushes him and steals it. A fight ensues, drawing in a pair of bounty hunters, a genetically and cybernetically modified raccoon rocket, and a tree-like humanoid Groot. Nova Corps officers capture the four, detaining them in a Kylan prison, where 
they then meet the inmate Drax. So let's start with this fight scene. This fight oh. scene was so fucking cool. Also, there was a moment, just a side note, I, I don't know why, once again, I was high. Whenever they're on that original orb and he's doing that weird projector thing where he can see the past by, like, projecting yeah, cool yeah. stuff. I was like, fucking cool. That is so cool. And then there was a moment where, like, a little alien girl was petting, like, a golden retriever. And I it took me out of the movie for a moment because I don't think I've ever seen, like, a dog in space before. Yeah. And I was really like, oh, I don't know if I believe that. And then I immediately had another instinct of like, Devin, you've seen so many space movies where humans are speaking full American English on the other side <laughs> of the galaxy, and you've never questioned it. You see one golden retriever, and you're like, eh, I don't know if that I'm out of it. Another existential crisis right at the beginning of the movie. Um, yeah. But the, the fight scene in this is so cool. They are all these characters you immediately love. Yeah. Um, the way they fight is so unique and specific and tells you. I remember watching it the first time I saw it, thinking, what a way to introduce. The MCU is really good at forwarding plot and introducing characters through fight scenes, probably because like 90% of their movie is a fight scene. Yeah. Um, but this was one of the ones where I was like, like, Every single time they turn around, I'm like, that makes sense for this guy. I know who this guy is. Yeah. And they do it without having to say, like, uh, we've been friends for 10 years. Yeah. They're like, hey, we're yeah. acquaintances. Like, you know, it's like those weird exposition like, lines. <laughs> right. I'm just like, yeah. no, stop that. Yeah. Um, and they, they do a really You've good job. You've been I like really... this ever since I pried you out from underneath that vending machine when we were children. <laughs> right. Right. Uh, and I like, I, I felt like we got such a good understanding of those characters and like, you know, Rocket and Groot and their like teamwork and their camaraderie, like obviously built oh. over time and just like them teaming up. And then Gamora, just like this kind of swindly, like smooth operator mm. oh. um, who like kind of doubles down and like does it in a way that is like Quill, who is also kind of this like trying to be suave. But I think a lot of the time throughout the movie, we're seeing that not be suave because everybody's like, <laughs> Oh, you're the Star Prince, or like, you're yeah. Not, uh, what's your name? What's your name again? And he's like, "Oh, I'm the Star Lord. Come on!" Um, and oh, I just love that. So good. Yeah, it's a pretty fight scene at the end with the anti gravity stuff. Uh, oh. This, oh, when yeah. this movie came out. Oh, there was so many scenes that are just like pretty. They're yeah. just pretty scenes. Like, and I never thought like, oh, all these random people flying in the air would be beautiful. But there's something about it. I'm like, this is nice this is well done one thing in that opening that i noticed too that i totally did not know was it was like vin diesel as groot and i was like wait "Wait, what exactly and bradley cooper as rocket i never hear (laughs) them ever once yeah i like you'll be watching this movie in about an hour and a half in you'll go like oh my god that's supposed to be vin diesel in there like, yeah, I, I used the Bradley Cooper thing, and I was listening for it this time. That I, I guess I I, guess, I didn't know it when I first watched the movie. I did not know the Groot thing, um, and I was listening, and I was like, God, Bradley Cooper really knows how to disguise his voice because you can, you can't tell it's him. I can't. You yeah. can't. You can search for it, and it's nowhere to be found. And like, it's wild. I want to know how much Vin Diesel got paid to be Groot, right? Yeah, like four, word, four, be... four words total, you know? Right. <laughs> He is now part of 
the two largest movie franchise, two of the largest movie franchises of all time, like uh, Fast and Furious yeah. and the mm. fucking gar- like the MCU. Yeah. yeah, that's wild. He's doing it. <laughs> Good for you, Vin Diesel. We all, yeah. you got the last laugh, buddy. <laughs> yeah, we doubted you. Now look at you. Yeah, the yeah. ideal role, honestly. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> so whenever they get to the prison, they meet Drax the Destroyer, who's our, our last guardian of the galaxy, who attempts to kill Gamora due to her association with the powerful intergalactic warlord Thanos, who is her adopted father. And Ronan, who killed his family. Quill convinces Drax that Gamora can bring Ronan to him, though Gamora reveals that she has betrayed Roman, unwilling to let him use the orb's power. Learning that Gamora intends to sell the orb to the Collector... Um, Tanalir Tivon yeah. Quill, Rocket, Groot, and Drax work with her to escape the uh, Kylan or to escape this prison in Quill's ship. Once again, every time I turn around, I am fucking impressed with this movie. I usually we come on this podcast, we kind of like jokingly shit all over these things. <laughs> I can't find a bad thing to say about this movie. I love it. Yeah, I do. My high ass also did write down in my notes to ask you guys. How would you two do in prison? <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, man. I guess at one point when I was walking through, my high ass was like, I wonder how i do in jail. I guess that's a good question. I'm like, oh. <laughs> I wouldn't do well. I know that. No. I wouldn't do well. I'm not. And these guys are like scary, scary. Yeah. They're not just like regular humans. They're uh, these crazy creatures from all over. And, uh, Super strength. And... Yeah. It's 10 times worse than like your regular prison. Um, I would do poorly. <laughs> Which, by the way, do... is essentially a resort in comparison. Yes. <laughs> it's like a getaway. Is... <laughs> <laughs> and then they have people just like laying on top of each other in there. Like it was like the one scene where like, yeah. Uh, it was just like laying on top of like the bird's eye view. They like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't do well. I have uh, I saw some show the other day, and there was like they were making this guy. I can't even remember what it was. Chelsea was watching it, and it was some show where they made the dude when he first got to prison. They made him fight another guy, and I was sitting there thinking, like, oh, I wonder like if it would ruin the rest of my time in prison if I just let the guy be, <laughs> you know? And I guess it would. You know? <laughs> I don't know what to do. I can barely make a fist. It would just be. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, you guys did judo. What about all that? Yeah. I would love to believe that that stuff would come rushing back, but you know, <laughs> I would just immediately start crying. I took judo, taekwondo, aikido, jujitsu. I remember none of it. The other day, I heard a noise in my house in the middle of the night, and I laid in my bed saying, "I guess this is when he kills me." <laughs> like, what good is any of it? It's hard to keep that info. I remember more about the aerobics than the judo class I took. Uh, <laughs> maybe, that'll, maybe that'll come in handy. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but the scene where they escape from prison is so cool. Rocket is just though. As the movie continues, the more oh, this is a good question. Of these four char- or five characters, who do you think you are you most identify with? Because. I was unnerved with how much I was identifying with Rocket throughout the film. Like, I would say, he would say something, and I'd be like, damn, he's right. And then he's like, let's just kill these people and get out of here. And I'm like, oh, shit. I guess that's <laughs> my people. <laughs> I would say, probably for me, I'm probably closer to Quill. Like, I'm just, I'm not the planner. Like, Rocket is like, <laughs> got everything ready. He's like, all right, you go do this, you go do this. And then I'm the person that, like, I go do it. And, like, 
of course, like in the movie, it's unnecessary for them to steal this, you know, disabled person's robotic leg. Yeah, I was like, some things don't age well. <laughs> yeah, <I agree. laughs> I was like, <laughs> and then I yeah. was like, oh yeah, I guess the director of this did get canceled for a moment, but he's, I guess, he's uncanceled now. But now I'm looking at it through a whole nother. And then Rock was like, I just thought that was funny. I was like, holy shit. Yeah, yeah. I know because it was like uh, he had the 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 lady that was his stowaway in there too, and that was like kind of weird. I was kind of like, he yeah, didn't know her name and he didn't care yeah. to know. I was like, this is a little weird. This is definitely 2014. It's a little different. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> uh, how about you, Nick? Of all these people here, do you identify with one, or are you just like, no, I'm on nova corpse chilling i think i i think i'm a mix of drax and group uh oh man i was about to say that (laughs) yeah i was like you are like kind of a both like i would say that was when i was watching this and this part where drax said like uh where they said drax uh drax is uh like drax's kind doesn't uh they take everything literal oh yeah he doesn't understand metaphors yeah, he doesn't understand metaphors and they take everything literal and he says that line he's like uh he says yeah everything's gonna go over his head and he says nothing goes over my head i have quick reflexes so and, fucking funny yes he is my favorite character in the whole film and uh i i i'm i'm not the most socially aware or most uh you know i'm not i'm adhd i have no half the time i don't know what's going on and uh so i am I identify with Drax so much. That's why I'm connected to that guy. I'm just like, I love him. I caught that line this time. I don't think I've ever caught that before. I thought he was just like, oh, they just write him to be funny. He's a funny character. And then when they said, like, he doesn't understand, uh, or he's literal, completely literal, I was like, that every sentence that he says is better. The whole movie, he became one of my favorites because I was like, "I I get it more now that Oh, so good. Yeah, he's amazing. They So they escape, and the way they escape is so cool. Drax, like, or I mean, um, Rocket turns off the gravity and then, like, gets these droids to, like, fly him out. Um, Ronan meets with Gamora's adopted father, Thanos, to discuss her betrayal. Quill's group fly, flees to nowhere, which is, like, a, a skull floating in space. Um, a remote lid. Which is very cool. I want to know, yeah. like, do you guys know more history of what that is or what that, like, being is? Yeah, a little bit. So, correct me if I'm wrong, because these were not my favorites, but The Eternals, the new movie that comes out, like, Ooh, in yeah. three we... days, oh, talks yeah. about these beings. And yeah, you nice. see them in the movie. Um, in the trailer, I think you can see, because they reference one of them in this film as well when they have, like, the... They have I, I, at some they point showing, they sh- show yeah they're showing this the stone like the history of the stones yeah and one of those uh, creatures like and I didn't catch mm-hmm. that I didn't see it at the time but Marvel does such an amazing job of almost like it's like have they been setting this up the entire time but thank um, God yeah you see it that in there and I'm like whoa job. that's that that's a celestial or a deviant or whatever yeah. for, uh, for uh, Eternals, Eternals. And was, yeah. Oh, so good. So yeah, that thing is like, apparently, I guess we'll get to know more about what that thing is. I never read those comics, but I know they're like humongous beings in space. Um, yeah. Cool. But how cool. Yeah, these comics weren't even, uh, Eternals and Guardians of the Galaxy weren't even like hardly popular at all when I was a kid. Like they, I, I didn't know anything about Guardians of the Galaxy really until the movie yeah. came out, you know? Yeah. Oh, so good. And so they go to nowhere, which is the skull. And it's like lawless. It's like an anarchy place. And they, um, 
they're going to go give this thing to Tavon. Tavon opens the orb, revealing the Power Stone, an item of immeasurable power that destroys all but the most powerful beings who wield it. Tavon's slave, Karina, grabs the stone, triggering the explosion that engulfs Tavon's archive. Once again, another scene that had so much weight to it. That actress was so good. Yeah. Oh, you felt for her. I was like, I don't know, part of it, I was like rooting for her. To exp- I like wish there was another way, but also was like, yeah, show him how much you hate being here. You're going to blow his whole shit up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Ronan arrives and is easily and easily defeats Drax. So this is another yet another moment where like Drax calls um, Drax, who's so obsessed with getting revenge for his family, calls this guy here. They're all figuring out that this and the tone shift in this movie at this point was so well done. Yeah. And I think only because I know the rest of the films do does that now carry so much more weight the way Gamora is like immediately there's a new weight and a new issue and this isn't just like some expensive thing he's like trying it was unbelievable I watched I was like god this movie is good how am I gonna shit on this tomorrow yeah you can't I know I was kind of doing the same thing I was like trying to find I was like where's a good funny thing to talk about on this and I'm like (laughs) re-engrossed in it It yeah so good and they have this huge like fight yet again another like I guess spaceship fight scene and um, Ronan shoots, or no, Nebula shoots Gamora's ship, blowing her up, sending her out into space. And then oh, yeah. um, Quill almost sacrifices himself to like go save her. So Jeez. much emotion so going on much in these like emotion. ten minutes. So we go from that fight scene. We kind of like hear about Drax's story more and just like wanting this revenge and wanting it. And he's just like explaining how he is just motivated by this anger and frustration. And then we talk about you know uh, you see uh, Rocket kind of confronting him, and he he is this also where Rocket is like. How does it feel to be like torn apart, put back together, torn apart and like made into this monster? And you're just like all of these feelings and like Rocket is just pouring his heart out of just like how he was made. And he's just like. So uh. it was Rocket talking about once again, caught up, like uh, sniped with tears, caught completely off guard. When Rocket talks about, like, I never asked to, like, be turned right. into a sign experiment, I am fully weeping. Yes. Weeping oh for a cartoon raccoon. Yes. Yeah. So good. <laughs> Drax does such a good job of, like, in a very literal fashion being like, this was foolish and I did this because I'm so torn up inside. Now I'm crying for him. So yeah, I have I now cry cried for it. three characters in this movie mm-hmm. and we are not even halfway through. Oh yeah, totally. That cried on that. Cried on uh, Rocket's part, and then uh, uh, Quill out in space. That whole scene oh. was just so pretty of like him being out there and you and him sacrifice. You know, thinking he's going to sacrifice himself for her, and that's another like that whole section was a cry. Holy ass. bananas! Was it? It was oh so good. So um, Quill contacts Yondu, who's how they save them, and then Gamora uh, by like pulling them in from space. Uh, Yondu arrives and retrieves the pair. Drax, Rocket, and Groot threaten to attack Yondu's ship and rescue them, but Quill negotiates a truce, promising the orb to Yondu. Quill's group agrees that facing Ronin means certain death, but that they cannot use the Infinity Stone to just, uh, 
but that they cannot let him use the Infinity Stone to destroy the galaxy. On Ronan's ship, the Dark Aster. Why? Okay. Side note. Sometimes we don't need to name things. You know what I mean? (laughs) Sometimes I don't need another name to just, like, confuse what's going on. It's his ship. Yeah. Um, The Dark Aster, which they then reference two more times in this bio. Um, Yeah. What's the name? With the Milano. His ship is named, too. All their ships are named. Is Um, it named after the cookie? I don't guess it is. I I think it's named after the Alyssa. (laughs) Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. The Alyssa. I don't know why. What if the first thought okay. I had was Cookie? Like, cookie <laughs> is a great one, but let's think about it. Because now that I said it out loud, it has more merit than I thought. If he was like a preteen in the 80s, wasn't Alyssa Milano's show, or like would Alyssa Milano have been like a hot starlet around his same age at that time? Yeah, because it's it's uh, set in, it's, it's 88 in the flashback scene, right? Yeah. I don't yeah, know how old know. she was then. She could have been 10 and I could be completely wrong. Yeah, I'm trying to think. I The only thing I can think of her in, and maybe this is just my age, is Charmed. Oh, I used yeah. to love Oh, Charmed. yeah, baby. The only things I know her <laughs> from are Charmed and that time she sat in Brett Kavanaugh's hearing and was like leaning into the aisle. It was the only two <laughs> reference points I have. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh. <laughs> I, I used to have this joke that every every millennial lost, like, Every millennial's first crush, and I don't know if you're a millennial or not, but every millennial's first crush was somebody on Charmed. (laughs) 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 Like somebody on Charmed. I am a millennial. Gave you a sexual awakening. See, it lines up. Yeah, it does. It does. I feel like three hot women with witch powers. I was like, okay. Hell yeah, baby. (laughs) 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 So then they uh, they all meet up and they're going to like essentially go to Xandar to um, try to get the Infinity Stone back. Because he's gotten the Infinity Stone at this point, correct? I think so, yeah. I'm trying to remember. I believe so. He sucks it up into his ship, the the Dark Aster. And I remember thinking, oh, yeah, that's right. This guy gets this thing and, like, ingests it. Or And he, the scene where, first of all, Drax is so scary, but his headpiece makes him look like a um, like a shuttlecock like a a birdie (laughs) and that was very unnerving but he has this whole fight scene with thor after he ingests this thing um which was every time or no not thor uh thanos every time thanos shows up in a movie before the movie is about thanos yeah my, my brain immediately goes to like okay how much does he look like Thanos? How much does he sound like Thanos? I'm like trying to find, once again, trying to find like the puzzle piece that doesn't fit. And they always do a good job of like, he's taking a Zoom call through the bushes or like <laughs> like <laughs> in a steamy shower or something and you can't quite see what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. Because Josh, Bro- Josh Brolin was Thanos by this point, right? Because I know they had had a cameo of him and it was a different guy. He may have. I know the cameo that they turned him around. He just looks like essentially a CGI Thanos very similar to the comics like very bright colors his skin doesn't quite look real um i don't know when he signed on to start voicing these yeah because i would imagine this would be probably if this was in 2014 the first infinity war came out i guess three years later wow a lot of movies she's always all this time is just Mm. flown by um and ronan by the way what a drag of a person (laughs) 
<laughs> what, what a, a buzzkill, dude. Yes. Dude has like I didn't uh, know I didn't know that he was uh like when I because I rewatched uh Captain Marvel recently too, and I was like, oh shit. Yeah. That's that guy from Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. He's yeah. missing then, his like running mascara in that one. Yeah. Yeah. And then what's his name from the, I think the Cree or whatever, because that's their whole thing or whatever. But oh, yeah. yeah. The guy in the front. Um, uh, not Yondu, Karath. Yeah, yeah. 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 Oh, man. I was watching, spoilers, watching him die. Very satisfying in yeah. uh, that like, fight scene. Hell yeah, baby. <laughs> kill him give him extra stomp i always want I, like if i were killing somebody in a movie you better believe there would be a 15 minute cutscene of me like jumping on their head to make sure that they are dead <laughs> don't leave it up to chance yeah never just let somebody get back up because if somebody can get back up and deliver any dialogue they will yeah speaking yes, of yes. him being a like a uh buzz kill what the fuck is wrong with these dudes that they like have to kill a planet to prove a point yeah, what? Why do they not feel bad about that? I don't know. <laughs> ego, baby, you got a yeah, big yeah. old ego. It it just seems like so much work, like to destroy <laughs> yeah. a whole planet. You can't you just go to the planet. planet. You can't just go to the planet and like kill off the leaders and then be like, it's anarchy over there, and we mess their whole stuff up. You have to like destroy the entire planet. I yeah. think it's something about like they're proud of it. It's like look at all the hard work. It's like somebody doing a really good job at their job and getting promoted. I think that's how these evil people feel. They're like, yeah. "Oh man, I destroyed a whole planet." You hear that? You see that? Yeah. Everything. Or have you ever seen someone, yeah, it's like a a, a drunk dude crushing a can of beer on his head at a bar mm. and being really proud of himself and everybody's like, "What the fuck? Just throw it away." <laughs> like shotgun <laughs> it and throw it away like the rest of us. Yeah, yeah. Just trying to prove a point. Just trying to. Be, be, yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, um, Nick, you're ready to like. Don't crush beer cans on head anymore. Yeah. <laughs> be, be careful; it could hurt. You know. <laughs> what everybody can't see is there's a circle on Nick's forehead. Yeah, I know. I made a mistake earlier. You know, it's like <laughs> didn't want to just do it with my hands. I was just like, yeah, I'll go foreheads hard, hard forehead. I'll do it. Like, Oh, uh, I learned. Cut to the future, <laughs> like you panic, you take a glass bottle and break it over you. <laughs> yeah. It's like, and that's probably not going to work well either. You know? Oh damn! Shit. Oh, <laughs> uh, so then they get, so they call this city Xandar, and they say, um, "What? Uh, why am I forgetting all these people's names?" They call Xandar, and they say, "Oh, the Kree are coming. They're gonna like destroy your whole planet." Um. And also there was a moment in the beginning where like the guy who is the like the consignment shop owner at the beginning says like, oh, this guy hates us. He hates my people. And I couldn't figure out, does he mean everybody on this planet or because that guy looked different than the rest of the planet? Like everybody in the planet looks different. So I couldn't tell if like they were making a specific reference to his alien race or just this planet. Mm. And then he was like, I'm going to go kill the whole planet. And I was like, oh, OK, I get it now. Yeah. Um, the Ravagers and Quill join the group with the Nova Corps to confront the Dark Aster once again at Xandar. With Quill's group breaching the Dark Aster uh, with the Milano, Ronan uses the <laughs> empowered Warhammer to destroy the Nova Corps fleet. Okay, there's so many things that happen in this fight scene. That net these planes make that like very cool, very oh, yeah. cool. 
I was like, invest. <laughs> like, yeah. Figure that out. That is so cool. Yeah. Oh, that Teamwork, so- there's camaraderie, there's like kind of this animosity that kind of disintegrates between Rocket and uh, I forget one of the like Nova Corps' main oh, yeah. leaders or commanders. And like right before he dies and he's like, Rocket. And I'm just like, <laughs> oh man, another. Yeah. so good the moment where they like go under the ship was really cool Mm. i was like impressed with the writing of the uh the fight scene because usually like plane fight scenes are just like close-ups in the cockpit of like people saying like qx4 is down and like uh, all that sort of generic mumbo jumbo this was like i was impressed with oh so cool also, the pacing of this fight scene was really cool. Each individual person had like their own thing to do. Gamora's fight with her with um, uh, what's her name? Her Nebula, name. so cool. Oh, yeah. Um, Rocket, like sort of leading everybody, so cool. Just fucking cool, guys. Yeah. Fucking yeah. cool movie, dude. It's cool and then when they go ahead, oh, go ahead. sorry. Oh, I was just saying, like uh, the I, I like I like fight scenes where you can follow the story still. Like a yeah. lot of people miss that of like uh, we just got to show some people kicking people in the face right now. Explosions, and, uh, yeah, yeah, just blow some shit up. Let me kick this guy in the face. But like <laughs> these movies, like have there's dialogue and there's huge moments, and so oh, you yeah. kind of forget you're watching a fight scene. Like yeah. you're watching, it's like still very invested. Oh yeah, no, no explosion no. buffet here no explosion and then what whatever that like mega cannon that quill's holding like as he's about to fire it at ronan i was (laughs) like oh like the slow-mo you see this like gray smoke explode out of it in this huge round that looks like it's just about to obliterate him yeah and like the smoke clears and he's like still there and you're like oh Oh yeah, I feel you. I, my fight or flight is all messed up, uh, and I, they both go at the same time. I'm like a goat. Like you ever seen the video of a goat get scared and freezes? Like that's why I'm so bad in this. I just freeze and stand there, and somebody just tip me over. Like. I just read an article that they have added freeze to fight or flight because so many oh, of right. us freeze. I'm a freezer. There are like more people than actually more people freeze than do anything else, and I'm like, well, why has it? Why are we just adding it now? What were we doing before? Yeah, should have been there the whole time. I've always been a freezer. I've uh, <laughs> learned that in judo class. <laughs> Nick, I just see you as like a just this. You're just a weight that they just like can't move. You're just frozen, and they're just like hitting this brick wall, and they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. His, his joints are locked. Like, <laughs> yeah, we can't do anything with him. Yeah, yeah. just swing me around like a warhammer. I guess I don't know. Like, <laughs> Everybody. Uh, uh, Everybody miscalculates though, like how sturdy, how well planted you are, and how sturdy. And then they like comically bounce, or like they comically hit you and fall over and hit their head on the ground or something. And yeah. then by the time you look up, you've won the fight. You're like, oh, yeah, that, that worked. The last person there, I'm like, hey, hey, freezing works. You know? <laughs> freezing. Hey, everybody tries. Like, try freezing. <laughs> yeah, oh. try, try freezing. Have you guys seen One Punch Man or watched oh. One Punch Man? Oh no. Oh man, it's a it's a great anime. Uh, but one of the characters in there, that's his whole thing. Is literally he just shows up at the end after everybody's been like destroyed, and he like gets the you know accolades and rewards of it each time. <laughs> and he like he's just super nervous every time like he's walking around that he's gonna end up like actually having to fight. But then 
no matter what always happens like he always wins but like not to his own accord like yeah like accidentally yeah he's always (laughs) for the right time Uh, it's a good series i recommend it oh check that out So in the aftermath, Quill tricks Yond. Uh, no, 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 no. We haven't gotten there yet. So they have this. Um, they bring down the Dark Aster, which whose name I will be forced to remember at this point. <laughs> um, and Ronan walks out of it. Oh, first of all, the scene with Groot when he saves their lives, and yes. he says, "We are Groot." I. I had to finish it this morning, and I had to finish it over my lunch break. So I'm literally making meatballs for dinner, because I'm a planner, and I'm watching it on my phone. My husband, the way our kitchen is set up is we have not an island, but like a, like one of our counters doesn't have a back, and you can see into the next room, and he was on a call. His coworkers see over his shoulder, like right back there. Me, like, making meatballs and then just bowing my head in tears because this got me so hard. It was so well done. Yeah. So well done. I know it's easy for him to just change one word and it and it means so much more, but it meant so much more to <laughs> me. It meant so much. And the symbolism behind it, right? Like, not only is he, like, saying we are Groot, right? He is now taking a part of himself, creating this ball of them being one entity and all together, and Rocket looking at him just... Oh, you like yes. you you won't be able to survive this like this is it like don't do this and him yeah. to that response was just like vin diesel peak performance right there Woo! i've seen this movie like three or four times now and i and i was like i got to that part and once again just eyes were just watered up it's so it's so beautiful because the whole the, the whole the whole storyline of them just being this ragtag group of misfits that they all become friends and they all become, you know, such close friends, like saving the world together. I'm a sucker for those kind of stories and they're all underdogs and Groot literally, like you said, giving himself uh, for them is, it's just, it's so much to take in. It's like the, it's, it might, I think it might be the best scene of the whole movie. I don't know. I'm like torn. I'm, starting to feel like this might be the best movie of the whole franchise uh and also yeah. credit where credit is due it's beautifully shot the like firefly yeah. things it's so yeah. romantic it's so like pete like eye in the middle of the storm right because they're like mm-hmm. sort of blocked off from the chaos that we know is happening around them with the impending doom but it's so like peaceful and romantic and they're having such a moment and it wore my pussy out i was crying oh so good i had just seen it when i got on this call with y'all i don't know if y'all saw my eyes i was like trying to i didn't know if this was going to be live or uh or what and i just like like (laughs) pressing my eyes like stop stop. your video was off for a moment we did hear dry heaving in the background oh Uh, yeah i I throw up when i cry so yeah yeah. and a please and a please god no please god no yeah that's me that's what i (laughs) do it's embarrassing yeah (laughs) 
Uh, so then the plane crashes. This dude walks out of it. Ronan walks out of the dust yet again. I'm like, this motherfucker will not die. They, in a moment of sort of like, well, first of all, you see Rocket like building a gun. I love that Rocket can build a gun like MacGyver, like out of like spare change in a <laughs> permanent marker. That's yeah. so, yes. so fun. Um, Quill starts dancing to distract this guy. Very funny. Love the confidence. Uh, staring at like essentially a god in the middle of the face. And I'm like, I'm going to hope that this mm-hmm. bit goes on long enough that we can win. <laughs> yeah. They shoot the um, they shoot the Infinity Stone. It pops out of his like Warhammer, and then Quill grabs it, and then they all join force, thinking they're going to die together. Join hands, and they're able to overcome him. And yet again, another beautiful moment when Gamora says, "Take my hand," and then he sees his mother. Yeah. Oh, that, oh, that yeah. That was just. Just so another pretty scene. Like the visual works with the the visual oh. stuff with this. It's like sells it so much too. Like like with the Groot scene and with this one, another like bubble of, of like this all this color and all this stuff that's happening. It's just like it just I don't know what it is. They really know how to work it. Like uh, and this and that scene is amazing. I am bought I, in. I love that scene and also it, it kind of like refers back to that um, assistant from that trader before where like the skin starts to kind of crack like almost mm-hmm. like it's gonna explode but it's like taking longer and then it's like now being disseminated between each of the the galaxy Ugh. of guardians you know they're Ugh. they're all getting ready the one thing that I didn't love was the like quill just like kind of putting out his I think he just like puts out his hand and pretty much just kills Ronan I think that was like my only thing. I wanted like something like cooler to happen instead of him yeah. just being like, do your thing of Infinity Stone. He's like <laughs> shooting his little web at him or something. Yeah. Go, 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 go. <laughs> go, 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 get your arms. When, when they do these special effects, how do we not know that things would have sillier sounds? How do we not know when the laser comes out of his hand, hand that it's not like, <laughs> you know this really <laughs> annoying <Yeah>. sound. <laughs> like, take this, Ronan. Yeah. Okay, killed him. Yeah, we're just trying to figure out what a power stone sounds like. Yeah, <laughs> that's also a Ooh, fun what idea. a job. Yeah, right. Sitting in a room, I'm thinking it's more like a like a. You know what I mean? No, no, that that'd be the mind stone. The power stone oh. would go. <laughs> that would be a fun job. Yeah, that would be so fun. Oh, and that's up there with creating like names for crayons. Like, oh yeah, genius! So much fun. Um, so then that's kind of the end of the movie. They do. Uh, there's a moment where Yondu tries to take the ore back, but they give him the old switcheroo. He doesn't get it. Um, as the Ravagers leave Xandar, Yondu remarks that uh, it turned out well. Blah, 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 that he's like Quill's father figure. They also make a reference that he was originally hired to pick up Quill to send to his father, but he never does, which comes back in the second Guardian. The Guardians leave in a rebuilt Milano along with the potted sapling cut from Groot, which grows into a baby version of Groot. Mm, That's so satisfying watching that like full circle life and death thing yeah um and you get to see that end credit scene where he's like dancing and stuff and you're like yeah. oh we have him back 
Oh, and they sell a bunch also, of those for a while. They had those uh, dancing groots that you could buy. Wasn't it like a? Uh, they knew they were. Oh yeah. Things. They were like, that's a money. That's a money grab right there. They knew oh, they were. Oh hell yeah! I wanted one. I was like, what am I yeah. going to do with that? But I wanted one so bad because he's so cute. Yep. Can't help yourself. Can't, what are you going to do? Also, what what was the is the Yandu scene where he's like the very end? Where is it? Very end where he's. I love his like whistle. That thing is so oh, cool. Yeah. It's super underrated sick. power. Yeah. When he takes out all those guys, like all that like 30 year old and that one. It's so cool. And his little mohawk lights up. He's cool. He's cool people. He's cool. I mean, cool. I would never want to ever run into him ever in a million years, but fucking cool people. Oh no! If I saw him in a bar, I'd get the hell out. Hell no! Like, we gotta go. <laughs> yeah, because you know, he probably indiscriminately just sends that thing out, and it would hate. <laughs> I feel like Nick, you just start like yelling at, or you like start whistling at him, trying to like do it for him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> get us all killed, you know. Yeah, like every like. <laughs> what a way to go! Arrow, arrow to the head with. <laughs> That I tried to whistle it out, you know? <laughs> uh, it's such a cool thing. It's also something I've never even seen. But I remember the first time I watched it, I was like, that weapon makes perfect sense. And it's nothing, like nothing I've ever seen before. Nothing. Yeah. It's like a little remote control. Yeah, it's just like a heat-seeking little missile. I love it. Yeah. Michael Rooker does such a good job of playing Yondu. Like, it's yeah. it's amazing. He's, like, he's so good. He really he's so is. good. I loved him in um, The Walking Dead, too. Uh, does such a good job. Oh, so yeah. Fun. Also, uh, all right. I also cried at the very end when he gets, he oh, finally opens his present from when he was six years old from his oh, mother. Yeah. That's another tape deck. And it plays some more yeah. amazing music. And I'm like, uh, I love this. It's yeah. so good. I hate how good it is. I cried also package like when it came out earlier in the film and they would like they were uh like rocket was like going through his stuff and that came out like still wrapped up and then now knowing what it is like um you know after like when you see the end then like when i was watching it earlier i remember and i saw it i cried then i was like oh yeah i forgot about that like can't help it it's so so good so let's ask i have some questions for you gentlemen now that we're at the end um, first of all, some uh, first thing I like to do is give it on, on a scale of one to ten, and we don't compare it to other Marvel movies. We're comparing it to movies in general. What mm. would you give this film? There are no wrong answers. Mm. I'll start while you think, because I have <laughs> given every movie as a bit a ten out of ten, no matter how bad they are or good they are. But this is one where I'm like, oh, I'm giving it a ten out of ten. I loved it. Yeah. There was never a part where I was like, uh, I could do without this. Yeah, I would say, I would definitely say 10 out of 10. And it's, I mean, it's one of my favorite movies. And it was a nine until the post credit scene where they bring out Howard the Duck. And then that that just pushed it to a 10. You know? <laughs> Duck, Wait, I didn't, I didn't even stay for the post credit scene. I, to admit, I was watching this super late last night and my girlfriend was tossing and turning while I'm trying to finish this movie. And she's like, is it over yet? It's like, the credits are going. And I was like, kind of. And she's like, then turn yeah. it off. And, I was like, and it is a loud movie at the end. It's yeah. <laughs> it is. Our sound bar is not correct. Like I, there's something I got to figure out the settings of the sound bar. Cause 
the fight scenes happen and my wife would be like, uh, uh, too loud, too loud, too loud. And she like, you'll say, and I will turn it down. And then like when people talk, I can't understand them. Yeah. And it's like, we're, we're, we're playing with the volume constantly. So I'm going to figure out the sound bar, but I don't think it's your sound bar. I think it's a sound mixing of the movie. Sometimes I'll watch a movie and I'll be like, like, if you've ever watched the movie Constantine, it goes oh, yeah, from yeah. truly inaudible, like a dog whistle to an explosion. Yeah. Like, I feel like movies do that now. Like uh Walking yeah. Dead, uh, that's another show. We you know, mentioned like uh Michael Rooker and everything, like um that uh that's another show where I cannot understand what they're saying if the volume's not at a certain level, but then when the zombies and everything else comes up, it's like, Oh, we're gonna turn this all the way at the <laughs> Oh, now you're loud. Okay, yeah, cool. Now we're loud. Like now <laughs> this is happening. Like, yeah, it just like constantly dips. I don't know if like movies are just different now with sound or if my know. hearing is going bad i was a drummer of course so i don't know maybe i'm just going i don't know what like, <laughs> sound of meddling yeah i i also just have to have the subtitles on it's just like something that now oh, with all that stuff i just like i don't know yeah i don't know how to watch i don't know how to watch movies without subtitles because it's just mm -hmm. like I, i'm what i'm a type of person who i'm like even when i read i have to read every single word and i can't like speed read I like feel like I need to understand understand and comprehend every part of it. So I I will even watch sub even movies that I can fully hear. I'm like I'm gonna turn on the subtitles because I don't want to miss a moment, which is a little much. But um, <laughs> I don't watch them without. Yeah, you got to. Um, all, right. all right. So maybe oh, yeah. for my my rating, I all right. Out of I just don't think I could ever give anything a perfect rating. So I'm going to put in a couple of decimals <laughs> in here, you know, but it is high up there, folks. Okay. It's real high. Okay. I'm going to say like a 9.7. I really enjoy the entire movie, the soundtrack, the acting. I think mm -hmm. it's very fun, funny, emotional. So uh, I think, I don't know what would get me to maybe a 10, but. If he didn't do that stupid little hand flick. Yeah. Yeah. If Go back and see Howard that. the Duck and then see how you feel. Yeah. <laughs> Give Howard right, the know. Duck a chance. <laughs> All right. I gotta go watch this post credit scene. I Ugh. totally don't remember it. What's the whole thing with that post credit scene? I don't even remember that. Like, how does that play into the next couple of movies? I don't uh, I think it's yeah. Yeah, it, it, I don't know that it does. It's um because right. most movies the post credit scene is kind of leading into like, hey, a little sneak peek of what's to come. Yeah, not this guy. They said no. <laughs> um, so this movie's budget. <clears throat> this movie's budget was okay. It says the budget was two hundred and thirty-two million gross, or one hundred and ninety-five net. When we're speaking with a budget, I don't understand what that means because I'm like, I would understand that with take-home pay, but with your budget, I don't know what that is. Um, Oh, maybe 195. Usually, like 190 or like 195 could be the movie's budget, and then the rest would be like marketing fees because there's like almost a hundred million dollars they spend on marketing on every Marvel movie, yeah. um, which is right. wild. Uh, so I don't know what what any, any of that means. So around 200 million dollars, it netted. Uh, it brought home 772 million dollars. Wow. Okay. Okay. Um, ching. Yeah. Ching. We we're like almost what quadrupled uh, yeah. that. We budget. like what we're Love seeing. That. We like what we're seeing. Um, we also like to have our guests guess the uh, Rotten Tomato score for this movie. 
So and I'm going to have you guess the Rotten Tomato score, and I'm going to have you guess the audience score as well. We're going to start with the Rotten Tomatoes, which is critics. So, you know, on the thermometer meter, up to 100%, what do we wow. think? Wow. Okay. I think uh, I think critics are, are going to like this. Nothing like a good ragtag um, movie. And I think, but I, I don't think enough to like be super up there. But I, I think it's original. Like Nick said, you know, it's not something that people like maybe read that as the comics. I'm going to say 87 oh, wow. for okay, okay, okay. the critics. How about you, Nick? And yeah, Nick. we'll do we'll do uh, thermometer meter first. Um, so yeah, the critics, I would say 80. I, I feel like it's going to be in the 80s, but I feel like maybe. I don't know if I'm like 81 or 83. I'll say 83. I'll right. say like kind of in there. I definitely think it's like the, I'm, I'm with you. I think it's in the 80s. I think I would okay. I would imagine. But critics gave Guardians of the Galaxy a 92. Really? Thermometer meter. <laughs> wow. Let's go. Oh, so now what do we think audiences gave it on that same scale of one to 100? Oh, wow. Now I feel like it's going to be the opposite of what I thought. <laughs> I know, me too. Really yeah, messed me up here. Because <laughs> um, I was going to say 96 for the audience, but now I'm like, I, I don't know. I'm like, yeah, I would think. I mean, I'm an audience. I feel very <laughs> nice. You know, like. <laughs> You're also a critic. Don't undersell yourself. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if they had not put Hour of the Duck in, I probably, I don't know, you know. Mm-hmm. But. <laughs> so you going with 96. I'm gonna say 96. All yeah. right. All right. I'm gonna right. say, you know, for whatever reason, maybe I'm just not as a big post-credit nerd with you know this duck reference or whatever. I'm gonna say that really threw a bunch of our audience members for a freaking loop. They're like, "What is this duck?" And they <laughs> Why said, "Is he wearing a suit? And what's he drinking yeah. a martini glass for?" <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. So for that reason, I think it's gonna be. Higher than the critics of my original 87. And I'm going to say an even 90. Ooh. Mm. Audiences also gave this a 92%. Wow. Oh, the audience crazy. and the critics on the uh, same page. When have we when, ever when? seen it? Yeah. Never. Yeah. And audiences, to your point, Brack, notoriously hate birds that can talk. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Also, wait. Have you guys seen Big those hats of, like, <laughs> the, the things that are like what is it the birds are not real club have you guys seen oh yeah, yeah yeah oh yeah holy yeah. shit yeah uh, that I, threw me for a because what do they think they are they think birds are like uh government watching things like that yeah that's the whole conspiracy theory this was right, like right. or something yeah something like yeah. that how fun there's like a convention going on soon i guess for we it, need so. a conspiracy theory we need something that like could be plausible if you were two joints in yeah mm-hmm. but also something that's like not like i love the birds theory because it like doesn't affect anybody you know what i mean yeah like covid <laughs> being a hoax that can get people sick <laughs> but exactly. like sure, but sure. birds watching you why the hell not you know yeah and you know you can't really get that close to birds i mean you can have a pet bird you know but you, you know birds just kind of do their own thing so they're yeah. not really affecting anybody like yeah. You know, being a COVID hoaxer, that's affecting everybody. But yeah. like, I just want to think that this bird's a robot. I think it's fine. Or the cloud, like the the where we store everything in the cloud, are the actual clouds. Sure as hell, yeah. why not? Oh. Go ahead. Yeah, I, like, I like that one. Right? Yeah. Oh, that's why when it rains, your Wi-Fi goes out. Oh, that makes sense. 
All right, last but not least, we do have an I. (laughs) We uh, have a couple more questions that. Am I forgetting anything? No. Um, All right. So there are a few questions that we ask at the end of this podcast that are a little more um, subject or subjective. Okay. Meaning, whatever the one that means, like we can all have different answers. It doesn't matter. Subjective. Um. Yes. (laughs) Who, if you could replace one person in this movie with Rosie O'Donnell, and if you could replace one person in this movie with Danny DeVito, who would they be? I am going to, I know immediately. So I'll go first to give you time to think. I would replace Glenn Close with Rosie O'Donnell. I think it would be very fun to see Rosie be like a, a, like a commanding an army. And I would replace Danny DeVito with that guy who, when they're in the jail, that uh, Rocket Raccoon and Groot make a point to, like, fuck up immediately so nobody messes with them. Like, that big, big, big guy. I'd make that a little tiny Danny DeVito. Yes. Oh, I love that. How about you? Ooh, I think I would go, all right, Danny DeVito, I think, would be Ronan just for the the whole get-up of like watching the <laughs> like the whole crying makeup or whatever that makeup yeah, yeah, thing, yeah. like suit is i just think like that birdie wielding it, thing <laughs> yeah and then him wielding a hammer that's probably bigger than him um just like <laughs> the play with size would be great yeah. there and then um rosie o'donnell oh man i maybe just to like maybe groot <laughs> I am Rosie. <laughs> we are Rosie. Just, we yeah, are. We are. Yeah. Uh, spice it up a little bit with Groot. Uh, they hit the ground, and instead of exploding into twigs, it's like Kush balls. <laughs> I love Kush balls. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> Yeah, I think that'd be it for me. What about you, Nick? So I, I automatically, and I let me say this: I love Benicio del Toro, uh, and I think he does a great mm. job as the collector. Um, but I don't know why I think it would be great to see Danny DeVito as the collector, <laughs> like mm. to see this guy that's hoarding all this stuff. <laughs> like I just imagine like Frank from Always Sunny, like all the, yes. uh, all the shit back yeah. here. <laughs> like I can see. Oh. That would be hilarious if Danny DeVito was the collector. That's so I did. funny. Benicio Del Toro was amazing, but there's just something about Danny But when DeVito. Danny DeVito comes into the casting room, you just got to know that you're what he wants, he gets. Yeah. <laughs> Same with that Benny. robe and have the same, like, the hair thing going on. Like, yeah. oh, I would, I, would, I would kill for that. That'd be amazing. Given um, that whole speech about the history of the stone and stuff, that'd be fun. Oh yeah, that'd be hilarious. And he's just very matter of fact about it. Yeah, just say it. It, 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 it <laughs> kill some people, you know. <laughs> Rosie, I'm uh, I'm torn on. I don't know why my first thought would be like, oh, it'd be cool if Rosie was Thanos, but I don't know. Like, Hell yeah, baby. Yeah, maybe as uh, Thanos. Uh, uh, I like Rosie, and maybe you could put her as like, I don't know. Like I don't now, know where. Now hmm. that you're because you picked the collector wouldn't it be funny if rosie was the collector but the whole the collector's archive is like her talk show 
and all of those things are just behind her. You know how talk shows always have like tchotchkes and like weird fake windows with like a windmill and a uh, Ferris wheel behind them and stuff like that. Like yeah, that. yeah. And maybe that whole scene, they're just guests on her show. If <laughs> 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 oh. you take Danny DeVito and make him Thanos, which would just be hilarity. Oh. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That's it. That, yeah. that works for me. <laughs> Uh, is there anybody in this movie who has, and this is a genderless question, it's about their energy. Is there anybody in this movie who has hot dad energy? The person who, I don't know what this says about me. The person who jumps out to me with the best hot dad energy is, um, oh, actually I have a better one. Uh, the, what's his name? Um, Korath, the guy who catches Quill stealing at the beginning. Oh, yeah. The leader yeah. who doesn't know. The way he says who, now that I think about it, the way he says who feels like a dad interrogating, like a hot dad mm. being like, you're doing what? You're listening to what in here? Yeah. <laughs> My first thing was going to be Rocket Raccoon, and that's, I don't know what that means, but. Uh... That's who I was thinking of when you were first thinking of it. I was like, okay, I think like Rocket, he's like kind of like you were saying, MacGyver. He's got this like yeah. uh, analytical brain. So, I mean, he's like kind of thinking of like yeah. all these different things and how those pieces work together. But then my second one was, I forget what the character name is, but John C. Riley is just kind of this like. <laughs> dad character like hey you know like at the very end where he's like don't do that like you can't murder people or i'm have to arrest you and i was like definitely <laughs> yeah very very cool you're That's right so rocket has that like i tied i tied the lawnmower to the like the dog lead in the backyard <laughs> so that it'll do it itself energy. right right Ugh. that's it that's funny that's I can tell we're friends. John C. Riley was the first, that was who I was thinking of too for the hot dad energy. I was like, his, I just have a crush on John C. Riley. He's wonderful. He's so amazing. And that was the first thought I was like, yeah, John C. Riley all day. Yeah. He's, so he's one of those people like when he's in a movie, you're just, it, you like, you want to like the movie because you like him yes. so much that I want him to do well. Yeah, like, oh. and it's just it's him. Like it's like it's so good. It nothing is. Nothing against his acting. It's just like it's just always you know that's John C. Riley. Like it's just like it's it's him being him. Like and it just uh, he sells it every time. And I'm always I buy it every time. Oh God. Well, thank you, gentlemen, both so much for any final thoughts. Anything else you want to impart on Guardians of the Galaxy? Do you think you'll keep watching after this, or are you done? I mean, you both have seen the whole thing, so. But uh, any last things you want to say about the movie before we wrap up? Hmm. I, uh, I'll say this. Sometimes I like reading uh, inspirational quotes on Instagram. And uh, <laughs> Okay. Yeah, sometimes I get my day started with a nice cup of coffee and an inspirational quote on uh, Instagram. And uh, I did see an inspirational quote today that said, uh, you haven't yet met all the people who are going to love you. And this movie is kind of what happens like all these they didn't realize they were going to meet all these friends and they became best friends and you're gonna make me freaking cry now i also uh, saw that quote it? this morning i did you really i'm wondering if we have a mutual friend who shared it but i was like 
I needed that today. <laughs> it's just like, I were, I'm like, oh, damn. Yep. It was just like, yes, now I can go forth. Yeah. Now, yeah. And it actually, was weirdly, I thought about that quote the whole time I was watching this. I was like, that's so true. You just haven't met everybody. <laughs> love you yet. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Oh. I don't have any good wisdom for you, but uh, excited to rewatch volume two. Uh, uh, yeah. Galaxy. Where we... Uh, who in Guardian or in uh, Guardians of the Galaxy two, we are met with someone who I am very excited for because I love him. The guy who plays his dad, Kurt Russell. Oh yes. yeah, Kurt Russell is up there with me to John C. Riley in the sense. I mean, he mm. seems like he might be problematic outside of acting. I don't know. I don't really follow uh, celebrities' personal business. But as ego in the sequel, he is a dreamboat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Except for the fact that he is a planet and he kills all his children. But, um, <laughs> sure. you know, we all have things. <laughs> yeah. He's a very charming evil, at, at least, I guess. <laughs> Hasn't he been married or, like, in a partnership with, like, Goldie Hawn for, like, ever? Oh, is yeah. That? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I kind of yeah. love that. His... I kind of, yeah. I don't know if he's problematic outside, but I kind of do love him and oh, her you never know i love you never her. know i'm always like oh my god i hope uh i'll say like oh i, I love this person and then i'll be like googling like wait have they done anything messed up lately you know <laughs> i know <laughs> at a certain point you just have to be like i'm just gonna say it until somebody says like you know have you heard and I'm like oh fuck. yeah it's well, made for that moment it's like oh oh okay well then now <laughs> tell me in tell me in like two years give me two more years and then yeah. tell me then um thank you both so much for being here yeah thank you for having us oh my god what a blast all right goodbye disney adult is part of the trident network to learn more about our videos live shows and other podcasts please visit the tridentnetwork.com that is the tridentnetwork.com and also don't forget to follow disney adult on instagram at at disney.adult.podcast